episode 56 of Behind the Sport. Fortunately, Brent is not going to join us today. Uh, he is being a loving husband to Andrea. I won't say for a change, but she does put up with a lot of crap from him. Uh, looking after the boys uh, while she's recovering from coronavirus. Uh, so we're going to jump straight into it today. And uh, we're going to make sure I introduce him properly this time because we will, we will put up a bit of an outtake uh, later on about what happened before. Um, all the way from the Perth Motorplex is Gavin Migro. How are you today? G'day, Shane. Uh, lovely to be here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's good to see what you guys do behind the scenes. It's, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's been a while coming. We've tried to catch up with you a few times and, you know, just bad timing for you, bad timing for us. And I thought just before this season, new season at the Perth Motorplex kicks off, let's try and drag you screaming and kicking into the studio just before we move it as well so I think you're going to be our last guest in this place that's cool I'll have to sign the door on the way out eh? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you to sign oh, actually if we had it here we have uh, we've got a um, we've got a suit from Laura Burns in the uh, in the little main studio area, which we're not in today, right. um, and some other stuff. And we actually had a wheel from Laura Burns as well coming. We could have actually got you to sign that because uh, she said, oh, I'll sign that. And I'm like, no, no, we'll leave that one blank. We'll get other people to sign that one. Yeah, so. cool. But, uh, yeah, look, um, we'll get straight into it. Um, and, of course, most people that are listening will know, of course, the Margaret name is, is massive in motorsport, especially in Western Australia. Um, and, of course, my first question that I always ask is going to... Some people are going to go, what an idiot. Um, but for those that don't know, how did you get involved with motorsport? Well, um, obviously, my dad, Con Migro, uh, ran Claremont Speedway for over 30 years. Um, and um, so pretty much uh, I was born into motorsport, I guess. Um so from from the time that I can ever remember, we were always involved in in Speedway and uh, absolutely loved it. Grew grew passion passion for it. Um, Dad had a big love of motorcycles as well. So um, my brother and I, Steve, um, older brother, um, we did a little bit of motocross riding. Um, rode BMX when it first um, first started in um, in Western Australia when Johnny Fenton created. Um, the BMX in Western Australia at the Kenwick track with the old Clem Nunn Honda was um, so did a bit of BMX and then um, and then sort of once I grew grew a little bit older and um, end up going speedway racing so um, that that's sort of how I got into into it but really it's just my dad being the boss and and get to spend our our complete childhood at the at the Claremont showgrounds um, with with all these legends of the sport that used to come and stay at our house for the summer um, when dad used to contract them for the year at, at Claremont it was a it's a wonderful uh, wonderful time in my life and and, and our family's life and, and growing up it was just absolutely fabulous to have all the racing heroes there i think uh yeah i think it'd be most uh kids dream to have their motorsport heroes you know and idols and you know obviously the the people you know getting to know them as a kid and you know hanging around at the house at house as well um and of course you know for me claremont speedway was somewhere where i first you know got introduced to motorsport um you know as well as up at Bonnery raceway um but claremont was where i spent most of the time um you know as a kid mum and dad used to take us down there every now and then and um usually on the i think it was the peter's family nights or yeah, Paul's yeah. Family kids nights. free kids yep, free, kids free. Yep. yep so um yeah fireworks and all that sort of stuff and you know the old foul house corner and yeah um yeah so i think the claremont for um a lot of people i guess around now you know i'm, I'm not going to go on about ages but i think you're right yeah the age group that we're probably at is you know um claremont holds a lot of special memories for them and you know i remember even the the grandstand on top of the roof there you know looking back that was so dodgy up there but you know absolutely it was it was still great you know so close to the action down there and um 
you know, and I've said before in, in the podcast, you know, when, when the move away from Claremont happened, you know, I went to Motorplex once um, after it moved and I think in a few, quite a few other people probably did the same and just went, uh, it's, it's, absolutely. It's not, you know, and it was, it wasn't the same and, you know, the same vibe wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and, and I kick myself now because, you know, after returning, you know, last year I finally stepped foot back in there and went, you know, I'm going to, I think last year or the year before, um, and I stepped foot back in there and I went, all right, deep breath, you know, forget everything, you know, your nostalgia about mm. Claremont, forget all that and just come and come and see what it's like. And I ended up sitting up in, uh, just in front of the commentary booth for a little bit. And uh, of course, heard you heard your dad, you know, his voice over the speakers, which brought, brought a lot of it back. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just going through the pits and stuff and, you know, being more spread out and obviously better facility, you know, for the teams and all that. Um, but the, the atmosphere in the pits was still there, the friendliness and yeah. the different barbecues and all that stuff going on. And I ended up writing a bit of an article and like, yep, I made a mistake. I should have come back and, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, we, I think the first several years, we, we spent our whole time trying to get the people from Claremont to come. And it's like anything you know they they'd moved on they, 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 if that would be brutally honest their time in the sport was was done and that's as a fan or whatever things things change for a reason yep. and so our focus was trying still trying to get them to come and they and they and they weren't really interested so we end up um you know changing our tact and sort of just saying well look we've got this great facility it's it's world class when we have bring the best drivers in the world over and they tell us this is the best facility dirt track facility and drag racing facility on the planet yeah. and we've got that right here in Perth and I, and I sort of liken it to say you know if you went to Optus Oval and yeah. you went to Subiaco Oval I mean, Subiaco Oval was just evil. You, I mean, yeah. guys like our size, we couldn't sit in the seats. Your knees were jammed in the front oh, seats, horrible. and 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 it was horrible. But it had some great but games the there. Yeah. It was good. But but the, but Optus Optus has great atmosphere because yeah. of the way it's designed. But the people went there thinking, oh my God, we've got this great venue. So just a different yeah. era. And um, but but we're very grateful for what we've got now. And and the the racing teams, the way that their professionalism, we could never do that at, at Claremont. The racing, you would you know, like. The racing at Quinana is by far better than Claremont ever was, and and everyone can sit there and say, oh no, it wasn't. Well, it was. The tr proof is in the eating, because the reality is, is that there was more passing manoeuvres. So yeah. surely that means better racing. So um, if you got off the pole line at Claremont, um, you know, you, or if you stayed on the pole line, you'd win. Um, yeah. a, a lot of times and very rarely the cars came from the back in the early days they did because the cars were slower the track was slower all those types of things but when the cars very Americanized, obviously our sport is it, it sort of it changed to that so uh, you know um, it, it's it's by far better but but it was still a wonderful era and it's very important to honor it yeah. and to understand it but it's 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 by far by far where we're at and very very grateful that we've got this to, to race it. and the new heroes of today is the no different from the off Barber Gallows of yesterday and the Rage yeah. and Eves you know we've got Callum Williamson and Jason Kendrick you know that those guys are the, the the heroes of today and and to really to to down play what they they do is really disrespectful yeah yeah you know? and, and as i said yeah it was just 
yeah, you, you go there, you know, obviously, as I said, you know, from that Claremont era going, you know, as you said, most of them just went, no, nah, we're not going. And I think that's mm. probably, you know, it was when you walk in and you go, oh, they, they, they don't know, there's no familiar faces, there's no, yeah. you know, but, and as you say, like, the, the racing is that, I actually agree, the racing is, is much better. Um, you know, I mean, you don't get as pelted with as many, um, you know, the, the mud, 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 which I actually used to really enjoy it. Um, but um, in terms of the, you know, the overtaking and, you know, thirty lap reach feature at Claremont. You know, I, I remember it, it was boring. It was yeah. always boring. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'd always be sitting there going, you know, and as bad as it sounds, you'd be going, you'd hope someone yeah, we crash or something like yeah, or, yeah. You know, just to bunch them all up again, and you know. Never wanted anyone to get hurt, obviously, but just no. a little tap to the wall and, you know, or something to break down and not get off the track or something, you know, just something to bunch them all up. Well, I mean, the fans went there to see that stuff. I mean, they were the, they were the, the modern day gladiators. Yeah. You know, people went there to see them. I mean, and look, if it was really, really safe, those guys that were pulling their helmets on and, and putting their triple layer race suits on, they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know, that, that's real simple. So for them, you know, the fans to go there and they want to see, they actually, they do want to see it. I mean, we all, as in the industry people, we, we don't like it at all. Yeah. We don't want to see a car get wrecked. We don't want to see a driver potentially get hurt. But there's a lot of people that go there for that for that yeah. that gladiator or, you know, type of um, entertainment. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it is what it is and it's yeah. and it's exciting. <laughs> and, and, and again, I mean, you know, I think my dad used to say that the, the modern-day sprint car or modern-day speed car guys were like the uh, the, 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 the guys that would, would have gone to war and the, and the jet fighters and, and stuff like yeah. that in the, in the World Wars. <laughs> and I used to think, well, that's a pretty, pretty uh, heavy, uh, heavy theory, but it's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, no. Now watching that, the yeah, a few of the thirty laps features since, and you know, so it's actually sitting there going, yeah, oh, there's a pass coming up. Yeah, you can see, you know, little paddles happening in different parts Everywhere. of the pack, and that, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, produced a lot better racing. But um, back to you with your BMX side of things, you do competition. Was yeah, it just yep. uh, yeah. So, so we, we we so we raced. Um, used to race. I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday nights at um at. Clemnan Honda in Kenwick and um, and Johnny Fenton um, had a company called BMX Promotions and and he started BMX at that track um, alongside the the Honda dealership and um, we 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 would race and you know we um, and and I we, whatever age group I was at the time I think I was twelve when I first started racing so we reckon it was nineteen seventy nine or something like that so the listeners will do their maths on on my age but um, <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that uh, you can cut that out later okay no not really that's fine you can leave that in no I'm uh, yeah um, but um, the you know when we, when we did it I mean I had a my first bike was just one that I mocked up myself and with a few mates and went there and then. Um, uh, John Fenton bought the Australian BMX champion over by the name of um, Scott Shepherd, and Scott still runs, um, I think, BMX promotions um, with his father in Queensland, and they're the biggest BMX distributors in in the nation. So that, that's oh, wow. that's how long they've been doing it. Um, so pretty much known as the Godfathers of of BMX in in Australia. And um, they, he came over as the Australian champion and put on this race meeting and just blew everyone away with how good he was and on this bike. And I was very luckily. Uh, um, my dad bought that bike for me, you know, and um, and it was just 
it was amazing and, and it had orange tyres on it and it had a candy apple brown uh, frame which was a Jag out of America and California yeah. and had um, like a, a white seat and you know, gold handlebars and it was really really uh, sort of you know we had white mag wheels on it and stuff like that and everyone used to look at it and quite a few I'd, I'd never take it to school but every once in a while I'd, I'd ride out in the street with it because it was my racing bike but yeah. people would sort of half take the pee out of you you know because you're riding <laughs> this um, this bike with these girly tyres on it but it was that was uh, was such a cool thing to do, and um, and BMX sort of flowed on from there. And look how big it became a Olympic sport, and you know yeah. all those sorts of things. But um, it moved well beyond the the very much amateurish sort of stuff that we were doing. But yeah, we raced against you know some amazing motorsport people, and you know Mike Figlamini, you know, yeah. God bless him, the Magic Man, and um, um, you know the Fenton boys like Johnny Fenton was a legend of speedway, so he started BMX. So his boys raced Tony and Kevin, and um, um, you know, uh, you know. I think Lee Redmond did, but you know, and and um, Glenn O'Brien was Australian sidecar champion. Went on to be a sidecar champion. So all these people that come out of um, BMX that in becoming pretty good speedway racers. Yeah, right. um, it was really really cool sort of era. And you know, John Day used to wave the flags on Wednesday nights, and and Chuck Redmond used to commentate, and Wayne Redmond used to do commentary at Claremont Speedway with my dad. So it was had that real good speedway um, yeah. connection. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, and it was, and they'd, they'd pack it on a Wednesday night. It was just like full on, and they had this BMX shop there, and you could buy your parts, and it was, it was so before its time. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a real. It, the stuff's actually coming back to me, so it's actually uh, quite, quite phenomenal. But it was such a cool area because you just go in there, and you, you'd save your pocket money up during the week to to buy one part from the shop, and and they had the BMX magazines there, and you could buy the magazines and jerseys and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a cool time, cool time. You could almost say that uh, you know a lot of the you know the tin top race, a lot of well racing race car drivers in circuit side of things, you know, come from uh, karting. You could almost yeah. say you know, in that era that yeah, everyone came from BMX. That was the yeah. introduction to <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there just was. I mean, they just. I think it was just that connection. I mean, John Fenton's, you know, he's a, he's a great salesman too, so he can, can convinced a lot of people to to get involved in it, and um, so you know, it stayed there for a while. And then we end up, I think they end up going to Qdale where the Dirt Trackers kart track was and they actually yep. built the BMX track um, within the kart facility. It was a great idea, great concept yeah. because the track was there and, you know, carts would, you know, you could run kart event one weekend and the very next weekend or, the, or during the week you could run run uh, BMX. So uh, it was good. And then, and then after that, I, I did a little bit of motocross, but not, not for very long. Um, my brother sort of did a little bit more than I did. And then, um, and then when I was 15, we... Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind going racing, but I didn't really know what, and, I, and you know, not downplaying karting. I think that's a great stepping stone. Um, but for me, I thought, gee, you know, my mum and dad are fairly busy with speedway and stuff like that, and you know, running 25 speedway events a year on a Saturday night. Sorry, Friday night. Back at the time, Friday yep. night was speedway night at, yep. at Claremont. And um, for, for me to, if I went karting, it's sort of just about me, not about yeah. the, the the family, you know. Um, whilst I'm not, like I said, I'm not downplaying the karting thing. It's great, but it just wasn't really for me. So there was a um, a Bibra Lake um, event, a speedway event one day, and um, Dad took me there with my mum and my brother, I think. And we, we there was a, um, a a mechanics race and for former 500s, and um, Shane Murphy was racing. Jeff, the legendary Jeff Murphy, who's the the, the car constructor, his son was racing a Form 5, he was in his first year and he said, um, hey, do you want to hop in, you know, have a drive? And, you know, I was 
15 or 14 at the time, 14 and a half or whatever, and, and, and I jumped in the car and I ended up winning the mechanics race. So yeah, well. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And, and there was actually a speedway rider that was in the race. I didn't know until afterwards, but I'd beat this speedway rider, you know, and I thought, now this is me. This, this is, how, how do I do this? And my dad was going, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, he wasn't too, too keen on it. But um, so I ended up, um, ended up uh, looking around for a car and ended up buying a car really, really uh, cheap. So 19... 83 uh, that's what it was so I bought a uh, at 15 I bought a a car from Brian Mullings who was a bit of a legendary Formula 500 guy you know multi-state title holder and stuff like that and and I bought a uh, the the Formula 500 for for $600 a rolling car and my dad had an engine and stuff like that from some of the speedway bikes that he used to um, support some of the riders he used to support so he had that engine and so off I went speedway racing so uh off with with the former 500 so the they um or tqs is where they were called three quarter midgets is what they were called yeah. originally but former 500s is what uh what i sort of raced and um did it one rookie of the year in my first year and um went to an australian championship didn't make the final and the next year we uh, won a few races and then um at claremont which was really cool and then um end up um, finishing third in australian championship at um, yeah. murray bridge in south australia and um, yeah, and then then I got an opportunity to race a speed car after that. So uh, we uh, went speed car racing, but still did a bit of Formula 500 racing as well. And uh, it was cool. Great, great your, time. Your first ever outing, you know, in, in competition in the Formula 500. How did you go? Terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Because I, I thought it was going to be easy when I won that mechanics race. I mean, you just, <laughs> I'm going to be the world champion, you know, like it's yep. just going to, this is easy. And um, I remember going into the first corner on my first race because you had to start off the rear of the field. And, and the beauty of Bibra Lake Speedway back then is, and the former 500s, you had to, before you could race in any blue ribbon events or state titles, you had to get a, what they call a competition licence. So you had to race for until the chief steward signed off on you. Yep. So I remember going into the first corner and all this mud getting slammed into your chest and, and into your elbows because you're down low. Um, in these cars, you know, your elbows are hanging out and I'm just getting absolutely pounded. And then I couldn't see and you're getting caked in mud and you're taking these tear-offs, what are these things? And you're trying to do all this stuff and complete and utter sensory overload. D- did not know what I was doing and I thought, this is terrible. What have I got myself into? <laughs> and then uh, I had a, a mate that helped me. He goes, that was really good. You know, how'd you go? And I went, that was horrible. You know, and he said, oh, we'll be right. And anyway, by the end of the day, I got more comfortable with it and the dirt didn't hurt as much when it hit you and you sort of got a bit used Used to it, and um, and as the as the thing, I mean, I got my license signed off fairly quickly once I settled down. That's all it was. I was just yeah. completely nervous, and <laughs> I think I got there at seven a.m. and the competitor gate didn't open until you know ten o'clock or something like that, and I was just like, you know, champing at the bit to, to go and do it. So I think I just 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 was way over, just overloaded, you know. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, after that, it was just great, just a wonderful thing, and it. As you moved up through the ranks, it just the, the Formula 500 is a great class because it teaches you uh, your racing ability, track craft, teaches you how to take tear-offs off because you're going to get more tear-offs being low to the ground than what you will do racing a uh, you know speed car or a sprint car, which I went on to. You know, so you get all those things that just teaches you, and it teaches you to race wheel to wheel without having to bang wheels with people, and it teaches you respect because there was a lot of um, mature guys that race formulas that were really legends like Johnny Anderson was a three times Australian former 500 champion yeah. great amazing guy still still very much involved in the sport with building engines and building cars and stuff like that and and um, he used to be sort of mentored me and took me under his wing and 
he was just great, you know. So, so you learnt those things, those track craft things, and certainly uh, recommended that pathway. It was great. The uh, first time you went out to Claremont, was your dad commentating that day? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he was. I mean, he. I think he was a little bit nervous. He didn't really want me. I don't, he didn't really want me to race Speedway. I don't think you know because he, you know, he's got a lot of dear friends that raced and and get hurt or whatever. But he, you know, he knew he couldn't really stop me because he'd be a bit <laughs> hypocritical, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. you, you, you can't do this. What do you mean I can't do this? You know, so um, so he helped me a, a bit and and um, but he, with with his with obviously his commentary, I'm sure he he did 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 call some races. But um, I look back sometimes because a lot of stuff pops up on you know, um, Claremont Speedway Facebook pages and stuff like that, or, you know, a bit of a throwbacks and stuff like that. And there's, there's race calls of different car races and, you know, his, his uh, action calls were, were legendary and yeah. all his quirkiness that he, that he, that he has, um, you know, will come shining through. So, uh, you know, and everyone had a, either a nickname or a, or a, uh, or a, you know, although a multi-millionaire, multi-millionaire businessman, even though they weren't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was still, it was always promoting the sport, always, always believing that it was bigger than, than Ben Hur, you know? So, did, he, did he give you a nickname in your first season? No, he didn't. I, I sort of got, I got, I, I ended up with a nickname, Gas Man. So yeah. I, I, uh, I got that in once I got into sprint cars, you know? So I think um, how it sort of come about, a few guys sort of jokingly called me Gas Man because I was pretty, I was hard on the gas, you know, like I was sort of fairly pushed pretty hard. So, uh, I'd, I'd sooner run last than than start at the middle of the field and and not have a crack, you know. And um, <clears throat> so I sort of got that that nickname. But um, yeah, it was it's it's good. I mean, it was good. I we had t-shirts made up and stuff like that back in the when the sprint car days when we got them got them done. Yep. But uh, it was it was it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that we after the form finals in those three years, um, we did. Uh, and then we went to speed cars and. Um, Speed cars are, a, you know, they're a brutal form of motorsport. They are, you know, in America they call them midgets, um, but in Australia they call them speed cars, which is a far better name anyway. But um, they um, can be extremely dangerous. They, you know, they when they roll, they they certainly go pretty yeah. nasty. Um, so I'm not sure my mum and dad were really happy with that, um, even though they were very much immersed in it. But they, you know, again, hypocritical, couldn't really say nothing because I wanted to do it. Um, and um, but you know I won rookie of the year. I won rookie of the year in my former 500s. Then run rookie of the year in um, in, in speed car. So that was really a, a nice thing to have. Um, and I drove for a team um, for Kim Ledger. And um, Kim um, started a team because he had the business Road Emotion, and I was working for him at the time. Good old Road Emotion. Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard for a yeah. long time. Yeah. So I worked at Road Emotion <laughs> for six years um, uh, as a service advisor, booking in the parts and ordering the jobs and and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah. So so we had. Um, so Kim said, "Do you want to drive my car?" And I said, "I'd love to." So that so I had a bit of a run in the speed car um, um, for, uh, for you know a couple of runs before in my in my second year in formulas and uh, sorry, my third year in formulas and then and then the last year I, I sorry the next year I ended up going full time into speed cars and um, was we were sponsored by Mobile, so we were the Mobile Road Emotion speed car team and the team was very professional. Three cars. Um, it looked amazing. We had, you know, full mobile 
um, race suits and you know Peter Brock was my road racing hero and, and I had a race suit and a helmet the same colours as him and you know the cars were painted white with Mobile Mobile One we were, we were the first probably racing teams in Australia that had Mobile One oil and it was their first year about 1986 yeah 86 so that first year of it all, all happening so it was a really uh, it was a great thing And but, but, but for me a bit of pressure like for me it was a bit of pressure moving into this you know a, a, a pro class if you like um, yeah. and getting to race a, race a speed car but you know Graham Jones went on to be national champion and a, a dear dear friend of mine now and um, he he was the um, he was my teammate and he was the lead driver and um, he, he helped me immensely with, with car setups and you know all those these years later we're still really good mates and speak once a week on on life in general and speedway and stuff like that so it's uh yeah it's a great uh it was a great great stepping stone but unfortunately kim wanted to back it off after the first year um we won we won a feature at geraldton yep um i think it was called the batavia cup or something like that we won that that was really cool um and then kim wanted to back off to concentrate on one car and actually graham being the the gun that he was um he he deserved to be the the lead driver so i was sort of going to go back to formal 500s and um and then I got a phone call from a guy. He said, oh, are you interested in having to drive my sprint car? And it through, through the winter, there was a winter season. They used to run at Allenbrook and, and, and Northam and Avon yep. Valley Speedway. So we went and, um, we went and ran, ran that for us for the off season. And he said, oh, would you like to go to Claremont? And, you know, I didn't really have to think too much about it. You <laughs> know? And um, oh, Martin Lawton was the, was the guy. He was a taxi driver, owned taxis. And yep. um, had a, used to tow the sprint car with a XD Falcon sedan taxi <laughs> on gone gas and um yeah we'd go we we, we went racing at, at, at claremont and and i bought some sponsorship to it and um we we won won a feature race and um ran in the very first ever world series sprint car race um crashed probably the first one to crash in a in a in in, in the history of world series so i probably don't really want that notification <laughs> but anyway we, we, we've got it but uh yeah so that, that's what it would start that so it was about 80 87 i guess you know so it was uh it was cool to just travel through and and i think it was really good for me as a racer to have the experience of the 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 now the third class you know to it, it, just just to move up the classes and it, it taught you again racecraft knew how to do the tear-offs knew knew how to do the things and then you just had to drive the car better chase the track you learn learn the track dialing in with formula 500s and speed cars and then to do that in a sprint car it was uh it was it was cool so yeah, really I had um, Brooke Newson on a few episodes ago, and she surprised us by telling us about the seating position in the sprint cars being almost like driving a truck or a bus. Yeah, like flat, uh, yeah, up and down pedals and tractor. You know, yeah, very um, much a tractor. How do the speed cars and the Formula Five Hundreds compare? Are they more of a traditional? No, yeah, Formula Five Hundreds. Well, Formula Five Hundreds back in my era, you're sitting like you're sitting on the ground. Yeah, so you sit basically straight back, uh, feet out in front of you no real safety out in front of your feet like like the original formula cars and, yeah. and um, indy cars and formula fords where there was nothing all and no no independent suspension outboard suspension all those sorts of things so really guys crashed in those eras i mean we were doing we were doing like 90 95 miles an hour at claremont you know in a in a in a, in a, in a formula 500 you know yeah. and guys would crash and they'd be breaking ankles and stuff like that you know and um so in a speed car exactly the same as a sprint car but a lot more compact you know a lot lot, a lot tighter but exactly exactly what brooke said you know you're sitting there in a tractor like yeah. sitting straight up and down with the steering wheel flat in front of you um your, your, your gas pedals 
up and down, like you, you, you just operate from your ankle, yeah. um, you're seating in a seated position, um, you brake, you actually push forward, so you slide your foot, you, you slide your, your brake pedal yeah. left side, so there's only two pedals, your gas pedal and your brake, and um, and you're sitting very, very upright. And when I first started racing like the speed cars and the, and the sprint cars, they didn't have high back seats, we had like a low back seat, so when you crashed, um, you know, your ribs, your, your, um, your, your shoulder blades would go over the top of the seats and they were bloody horrible. I mean, it, it, it really <laughs> hurt. But when you're young and brave, um, it, it yeah, just goes, you'll be right, you know. And, uh, have a beer after racing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you sort of you shook it off, you know. But um, it's, um, you know, now they've got high back seat. And their safety is just, you know, it's just paramount now and it's just amazing. But the stuff that we used to do, I mean, you know, I'm sure that, the, you know, when you go to the dentist, the old school racers, they go, hey, you, you, there's a lot of cracks in those teeth, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's probably because of, you know, I remember there used to be a dentist that used to do a bit of road racing and I remember him saying to me one day, yeah, all racers have cracks in their teeth from, from big impacts, you know, where they grip their, their teeth and clamp down on themselves as they're, as they're rolling through the air, you know, and uh, yeah. I would say that's pretty right. <laughs> The, um, the, I, I just still can't even after looking at a you know, sprint car since you know Brooke told us that I still can't visualise like from the outside it does look like you're sitting in a, a race position but mm. yeah it's absolutely bizarre yeah so I mean there's there's um, the, the cars are, are great I mean they've got the you know there's, they've got knee protection stuff like that it's obviously highly recommended um, the steering box is you know you basically knees are sort of in between you know just either side of the steering box so they can be a bit knocky so if you have a do if you don't have those safety things in place, you can give yourself a bit of a workout on the knees and stuff like that. Not not nice, you know. But um, but yeah, they're very very much upright. Um, and it's funny because even now, if I think if I drive my road car, I actually sit I sit upright, you know, because yeah. I raced for twenty years, <laughs> and I and I, I, I sit upright. And when my, I get in my wife's car, she's got the seat reclined. I always tip it back up again, so she thinks I'm an absolute pain in the butt, which is probably more than just the seating position. But you know, um, but yeah, so. Um, it's uh, very much a very much a tractor. Yeah. Yep. Um, so within sprint sprint cars, um, yeah. How how do you go with sprint cars? Um, and yeah, I know there's different classes within this within yep. sprint cars. Um, so did, what, what's the top end of sprint cars? So four tens or open tens, open open, open yeah. competition is the is a four hundred and ten cubic inch. So based on America now, but through my era, we were racing a three hundred and seventy two cubic inch engine, which was the open class. Then that was the maximum you could have in Australia. Yep. Um, so they evolved to the to the four tens currently. So. Um, so we basically started that, and, and then there's obviously currently with with sprint cars, there's um, there's obviously there's an LS class um, out and about the limited sprint cars, which is the biggest sprint car class in Western Australia. They've got the most membership, uh, most cars, um, and, and a great we what Brook races and a wonderful wonderful class. And then you've got your 360s, which have now been called Pro Sprints because they right. are, will allow a, a, a basically a crate motor. Um, like a like an LS base crate, uh, crate motor, and then uh, and then you've got your your open competition ones. So the only ones that originally you know that, that I participated in were, were the were the open class and and the three sixties, um, and um, we're pretty successful in both. You know we we I think when Claremont closed, I think um, like I was in the top thirteen or top fifteen maybe of of 
all-time feature race winners at Claremont when it closed. So that's yep. pretty cool to, to have that. I'm actually equal, um, and it's my little claim to thing in old, in old banker because it can't ever change. Is, is I'm equal with Gary Rush, uh, <laughs> you know, the greatest sprint car driver of all time, and I'm not. But but yep. it was just wonderful to to look at that thing and say that's really cool. You know, like my name's right alongside of him on that history book. You know, and that and that that was created. That that history book was created by a, a, a stats man by the name of Ken Brown, and and Ken's legendary on the stuff he's pretty much got every race winner feature race winner at Claremont he's got these little books that he's created um, that are just full of all this um, the stats on, on on feature race wins so it's so just to have that as good um, you know we uh, won a, a WA 360 sprint car championship and um, one speed week with the Americans and that's probably my I would say my my most proud uh, win to, to, to beat you know, three top world of outlaw drivers at Claremont Speedway to win win a speed week race, um, and then to go on to win speed week with with Mark Wells. Um, it was named the Geraldton Jet. Um, yep. There's those nicknames. Um, so to have that was um, was really cool. So to, to win those uh, win though during that era, um, it was it was great. Was the uh, was the end of. Um Claremont, the end of your racing, or did you go racing at Motorplex? No, I did. I did. I finished. Um, I finished at Claremont, and then I did another three years. Yep. And um, I was. We did the yeah the first three years, and you know what? It's amazing, and I, and I know people. You know, it's it's great when you talk to people and they say, oh, you know, Claremont was better and all that sort of stuff. The first day, the first night I drove it at at the Motorplex, I thought, this is what sprint car racing is all about. Finally. This track is designed for what these cars are. It's banked. It's it's uh, and, we, and whilst we did have problems with the track and we had problems with you know getting it bedded down and and we sort of knew what we wanted but didn't really know how to get to it. And now we've certainly got that yeah. um, after 22 years. But over the last five or six several, several years, we've got it. We've got it sorted. You know, um, but to to feel the car and to 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 feel the way the car is on a racetrack that was designed exactly for this class is just, there is no better feeling on the planet in a racing car. It's just to be wide open on the throttle and, and you know, millimetres off the fence um, all the way around yep. is just, uh, is, there's just no better feeling. And just to, just to feel that, you know, to, you know, cause when you, when you first start racing, every racetrack you go to, you, I, I use the word you configure your brain to, to the left side. You know, you're always you're obviously always turning left, so you, you're racing to the curb. You know, to 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 block the path or to be the fastest because it's always the, what's the shortest way around. Yeah, it's on the curb. You know, the shortest way is the closest to where you're turning. But what happened is that the motorplex it changed all that because the fastest way was wherever the track is, and quite often the track would be more juice at the top part of the racetrack, so you just carry more momentum. Yeah. So you've got a track that's 500 meters wide, and then you've got um, a 22 metre wide track and it's two and a half metres banking in the corners and, and stuff like that. So what is that? What, 680, 700 metres? I don't know. You know, um, not very good at maths. That's why I race Speedway, but <laughs> I, I did at the time. And, and you, you, you're running around the fence and, and to, to see, uh, you know, to have that, um, that feeling it's just phenomenal. And, and, and you could be racing and next thing you look down and, and 22 metres away there's a car. Um, you know, trying to battle with you, and he doesn't have the speed to catch yeah. up with you, or he does, and he slides up in front of you, which is which we all call a slide job, you know. And yeah. you've got this stuff happening, you know. And there's guys that, you know, through the eras, um, 
you know, that were, were were amazing. I mean, like, you know, the Ryan Farrells of the world, like he was amazing um, through through the earlier days of the motorplex and, and still the the winningest driver at um at, at the motorplex, you know. So so those guys, um, you know, what they did and what they achieved and, and so the track was was for them, you know, like it was it was built the, the ideal car, yeah. the, the the brave racers that were not frightened of getting it up on the fence and, and, and again when I use that analogy of configuring the brain to the left when the motorplex happened the guys that couldn't configure their brain to the right you know and, and be able to drive precisely on the fence you know and, and thinking they've got this big old right rear hanging out the right side of the car to to actually think geez you know I've got to, I've got to be right on that on that mark and then you hit the fence and you're grinding on the fence as you're going and and that's what the guys the modern day Heroes like Jason Kendrick and 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 um, Callum Williamson and Dan Harding and you know those guys you know James Inglis the Priolo boys you know they're you know Dane Kingshot they're all incredibly fast and incredibly talented about can run if it's down the bottom they can be there if it's up the top they can be there so it's it's uh, it's great. So we always ask a bit about um, you know the, the memories. The um, we'll start off with the, what what's one of the, what would be your not so fondest memory of of your racing career? Um, probably some of the crashes, but you know you can you can have a few beers on them and talk about them now. It's sort of a bit bit humorous, but. Uh, yeah, we had a few crashes. I mean, my, my first Formula Five Hundred crash was pretty. F- not funny, but because I didn't really know. But I had a had a, a, a breakage in the in the the rear axle, and the car turned right, and at Bibber Lake, and I hit the fence, and and I, I went over the fence into the pits, and, wow. and and um and the car like the floor pan peeled off, and lucky I was young and nimble, and at 15, you know, and the floor pan peeled off to my bum, and my feet were basically dangling on the chassis rails, and the, and the right front wheel was. If you can imagine the, the 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 listeners sitting in a seat, the right front wheel was um, was basically about two inches, three inches from my cheek, you know, where the car oh, wow. was. That that how, that's how badly bent it was, you know, and um, I uh, I was pretty shocked, you know. I thought, and I remember opening my eyes and looking, and then there's these people standing there saying, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was. But uh, <laughs> so we we. Uh, and then Johnny Anderson fixed the car and and um, fixed it and, and I raced the next weekend, you know. But um, I think that's important to get back on the horse, you know. Like it yeah. didn't really phase me because I was young and brave and didn't really matter. And um, yeah, I guess those 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 memorable moments. We had a few few big sprint car wrecks over the years, and um, they're not real not real pleasant. But um, yeah, the. the crashes or having having fires and stuff like that they're they're all they're the things that are most non non that i'm not fond of yeah. you know but um, absolutely but you know like in 20 years of racing i only went in the ambulance i went from the track in the ambulance once so i thought that was pretty good it's pretty know. good good yeah. record yeah, yeah 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 and of course fondest memory you did mention speed week yeah but outside of speed week would you say that was definitely the the fondest one yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just amazing. Like we said, we had some great World of Outlaw guys here, Kenny Jacobs, and he just won the biggest race in the world, a fifty thousand dollar win race in America. He, he was here. He's a great friend. Um, and um, and Randy Hannigan was the the gun driver from California, another World of Outlaw guy, and another, and Gary Wright from Hooks, Texas. These these guys were just jets, you know, really strong competitors. And um, and I, I I was running behind Randy for for the 
I think it was a, I can't remember if it was a 25 or 30 lap race back in the Claremont era, but we were, I was bopping along in second spot and, and I thought, oh, geez, I'm, maybe I'm not going to get this, you know, like I, I sort of looked and I saw a flag and I, I sort of flat footed the lap and then tried to, and then I realised as I went down the back straight because we had the time clock and you could look at the, 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 the countdown, the laps countdown, and I realised I still had like four or five laps to go. And that flag was the lapping flag because we were right in deep traffic. And um, so I just kept following, following, and, and then I sort of settled back down into my rhythm and I wasn't running on the curb. I was running on the probably mid-track, about half-track high and um, just on the edge of the dirt and the car was just beautiful. I was driving um, a car for Jeff Kendrick at the yep. time and we were sponsored by Triple M. You know, it was the Triple M, uh, 96.1 it was then, not not 92.9 as it is now. Yep. And, uh, oh, that's a place that's had a lot of name changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so we were, we were running that car and, and the thing was just boogieing and... We, we, as we went down the main street, I was just catching him as we were going up and I remember looking at the flag and the white flag was down. Clearly we won one lap to go now and um, Randy was just basically just in front of me and and I thought to myself, he, I would really appreciate it if he would turn left now. And I was actually talking, I was talking to myself, but talking to him, turn left, turn left, yep. you know, and he turned left early and uh, into sort of naturally, he's probably thinking, you beauty, I'm going to win my first race in Australia. Yep. Um, he's turned left and... Um, I've kept going and, and railed around the outside of him and, and end up uh, winning the, winning the Speedweek race. So it was just uh, USA versus WA Speedweek. It was just a, it was amazing. I was just like that for me. It was was my I, I suppose my greatest moment. I reckon that was pretty cool. You know, to, to have that and, and the crowd were really into it and yeah. um, the uh, the team were into it. The family were into it. So it was it was what good. Was that uh, that would have been. Um, 95 96 so it would have been pretty sure I was there yeah it would have been um it would have been january of of 96 i reckon so yeah yeah i'm pretty sure because my yeah. birthday's in january so yeah. usually there was a birthday trip to the yeah to the speedway so <laughs> yeah. and the crowd were just so into it like they were noisy and it was just like it was like a footy crowd it was so, it was such, such a cool a cool era and you know and dad as the promoter he he what the, the you know the he'd bring good drivers over and and promote the the heck out of it and and yeah. and the reward was that uh, there was a full house and um, and to, to 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 you know that that tribal warfare of Australia versus <laughs> America was good and and you know, we got there we talked the we got the Americans to talk a bit of bit of you know a bit of smack talk and you know yeah. and they were they were up and about for it they were good fun and behind yeah. the closed doors we were we were great mates you know but we were in the microphone we were really giving it to each other and well, the old WWE kind of called WWF yeah yeah but yeah, absolutely WWE, yeah, the absolute yeah. smack talk and yeah. Then, and uh, and but behind closed doors, we're all buddies, you know. Yeah. So it was it was good. It was great, great era. So, decision to hang up the uh, the race gloves. What what made you do that? Um, we we'd we'd moved to Quinana, obviously, and we were, um, uh, you know, it, it was a huge huge undertaking um, that my father had put in with Gary Mojosevic to to get the um, to get the motorplex and to you know to. Uh, to have those last few years of Claremont and then moving into into the Motorplex, it was just a, a massive undertaking. There's a, te- a great team of people that Gary and, and my father had put together. Um, I was I was I was still racing even though we were at, we moved. I actually um, probably reversed back a little bit, but when we were in Claremont, um, Wade Ornger was the um, was the the marketing manager there and. Wade come to me one day and he says, and I'd actually just left my job and I was sort of in between jobs. I was um, just goofing off really. And um, 
And then, and then Wade said, oh, I'm going to go to America and, and my dream is to be on TV in America and, and, and help run a track. And there's a guy who said I can run his, help run his track. So Wade went to a track called Millstream, which was Flag City, we became Flag City Motorsport um, Speedway, or Motorsport Park. And, and um, so Wade went there. So the Speedway company were looking for a marketing guy and I thought, well, I don't really know much about marketing, but I know a little bit about Speedway. So maybe it could be a good thing. So I, I sort of said to my dad, oh, you know, maybe I could have a go at this. I don't, don't really want, I'm in between jobs. And so I sort of had to apply, I had to apply with him and the board and, and um, they, they gave me the job. And um, we, I just started selling sponsorship and stuff like that. It was really cool and the first time in my life that, um, you know, that I could talk Speedway all day and not get in trouble, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I used to get in trouble all the time at school for talking Speedway, you know. Um, so all of a sudden I'm, I'm now, um, working in the business, um, doing, you know, having a, having a great time talking speedway all the day, and then at race when at night time work on my racing car, and then go and race. And but at that time, you know, um, purely selfishly, I had a, had a lovely wife, a childhood sweetheart of you know when we my wife Jackie um, still together. I was um, we were fifteen when when I was fifteen when we got together, yep. and um, from from our high school days, um, and um, we. had two boys and I'm, I'm racing and, and um, you know, it's, it's a selfish sport, motorsport, you know, and, um, you know, so when we got end of Claremont, we're pushing together to get the motor, you know, pushing the whole motorplex thing and working with the government, we're working ridiculously long hours, we still do, but we work ridiculous long hours to get this venue up and running. It's going to be a government facility and we had this clean sheet of paper to make all these notes and and my father and I were sort of lots of um, information about Speedway and Peter Pike, the then drag racing manager, um, Gary, we're, we're doing the drag racing stuff. So we all of a sudden we had this, um, we, you know, then we're going to get this wonderful venue. Then, then the motorplex to open and then we're, you know, I'm working, you know, these ridiculous long hours and, and racing a car. So there was actually all of a sudden no escape. There was no escape for me um, from it. And, and then my dad, and, and everyone knows that, that motorplex, it was a struggle for Speedway early. Mm. It come from, the, it moved from the city to the bush yeah. in their eyes, you know, it, it to Quinana. Drag racing moved from, you know, Ravenswood, the bush to the city, yeah. same venue. But, but there was this, this backlash of, of the Speedway faithful. 73 years probably does that. Yeah. Um, so we, I was racing it, but then I found that it was becoming a bit of a chore. And I had, had a couple of mates that were helping me on my pit crew and I was driving for a, a, a friend of mine, you know, um, Des Ferris. And, and I was finding that, you know, if I got, I'd, I'd get home at six or seven o'clock at night on Speedway season or, you know, or later, race inside have dinner race out the door you know my my boys are in bed asleep <laughs> you know wife hey see ya um yeah. off to the workshop work on the race car and um but i'd, I'd get to the workshop at sort of eight thirty, nine o'clock or you know it will you know sort of eight thirty, whatever and the boys hadn't really started anything and it's not not derogatory to them it's just that they were doing it because they wanted to be with me as my yeah. mate you know so then we'd start working, and at ten thirty, naturally they've got a, they've got a real life, um, and they or or a real job. Um, so they they go home, um, and I thought, geez, I can't go home because I've got to get this car ready, you know. So I'd work until ridiculous hours, you know, you know, sometimes one two o'clock in the morning to get the car done, and then go home and start again. So it was the old, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, you know, just continuously. And and so I was actually starting to not 
I loved the race day and stuff like that, but I was actually starting to not enjoy it because I was just thinking, oh gosh, this is just so hard because again, no escape. I was just speedway, 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 speedway. And um, so I thought, you know what, I really need to, and then my dad said, oh look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a miss. He said, I've, I've, I think I've, I've, all my energy tickets are, are used. So he, he, after the third year there, he said, I think I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put the queue in the rack. And I thought, geez, you know, maybe, maybe I should just slip out the racing door quietly. And 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 they, and he said, would you would you do it? You know, and Gary obviously was then the the main director of the of the company. And Gary said, would you would you like to take it on? And I said, oh, we'll give it a go. And uh, and you're never going to replace what my dad did. I mean, he he, you know, he's the greatest promoter that the sport's ever seen, and 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 will be. That, that legacy's there deservedly in the in the Speedway Australian Speedway Hall of Fame deservedly yeah. you know um, I'm I'm not him I'm not that promoter I'm really passionate I'm, I come from a racing background I, I understand what the races go through you know if you want to call apples and apples or, or be compare I probably understand that a little more um, yeah. because of where I, of my 20 year Speedway racing background but you know just to do the um, to do the um, administration side, I had a lot to learn, um, and um, but we had a good team around us that we were able to to do, and 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 now we're very I'm very very confident and very comfortable with the position I've got, and that was I think this is my 18th year as the as the speedway manager, so like it's I've nearly been doing this as long as I raced, you know, so. Um, and I'm still as passionate as ever. I love it. Um, it's the I've got a great team of people at our track. With a, a wonderful young guy, Mikey Rimmer, who's my track curator. He's just a magician, as a, a young man. Um, and he's, he's I think he's 27, 28, something like that. And we've got Aiden, my my admin guy. He's he's um, in he's 22, three, something like that. And he he's just loves it and you know we've just got a really great team of people around us we've got a great ticketing girl emma and you know and and evolve who own the the venue you know they they give us the uh the keys to the lamborghini to to do the stuff we do and 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 with that we're, we've been really successful you know so these last couple of years obviously when venues west um uh, rescued us um, a couple of years ago, that was obviously a trying time, but but we've been able to do so. That's the reason why I, I needed to get out of racing because I just think it's it was becoming that chore, you know. And um, I, and it's funny because I can still look at a car now and I go, yep, okay, well this is what that guy probably needs to do. And I, and we try, I try and help a few guys out, um, you know, like anyone asks, I'll, I'll certainly give them some advice, um, give them a bit of encouragement, um, maybe explain to them things that they're not, that, that, that I, that I know that they're feeling that they don't, yeah. they haven't really thought about. So, and I enjoy that. Um, I, I love seeing the young guys coming through girl, guys and girls, uh, racing. Um, you know, you've we've got a great, um, group of young girls racing or ladies racing, you know, obviously with Brooke and Laura Burns and Veronica McCann, those, those, those guys, they're just, they're, they're, they're great for the sport. Really, yeah. really good. So about this time, we'd usually uh, get Brent to join in, but yep. um, yeah, unfortunately he won't be able to. So uh, he did send through a couple of questions. Um, and uh, so this one came from via him from Safety Mike. Yeah. Um, and uh, so where do, you, where do you see, he wants to know where you see the sport heading. 
Um, look, it's a really good question. Um, crystal ball, I think. Um, I think Speedway's in a pretty good place. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest challenges we all have is is the for the sport is the costs. But I'm 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 not sure that you're ever gonna completely. Um, you know, keep that suppressed because the people that are racing sprint cars and stuff like that's the the sports elite. They're usually successful businessmen. They usually got plenty of money and they yeah. wanna they wanna spend it the way they wanna spend it. So that that is a that is a, that is an issue. So where do I see it going? I, I'd I'd love to see us continue to track um, within crowds increasing. Um, I'd love to see our competitor numbers um, even through this this trying time of of obviously COVID, um, obviously, um, you know, the economic, perceived um, economic downturn. I'd love to see our our racing teams remain status quo, if not increase. So that's where I'd like to see it. I mean, um, it's a great sport. It's always going to be on a roller coaster. That's just the, the sheer nature of our game. Um, but I think as in this year, this is the this this is WA Speedway's greatest opportunity. We've got the Australian Sprint Car Championship in um, in uh, in Perth um, in February for next year. So I, I, I'd love to fill the place up and then for people to 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 see what we all see. And and you know guys like the passionate like Safety Mike and stuff like that yeah. you know, but I I think ha- having Speedway we do a good job with with having um, Night Thunder TV with Dean Neal putting that program together and having Night Thunder is is that and I'd love for eventually the TV stations to to end up paying for that. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be that? cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this one's from uh, from Josh Cochran. Uh, he's got a couple of questions. The um, it wants to know the uh, best car. What was your f- best slash favorite car? Probably say favorite car. I wouldn't say best because best isn't always favorite. Yeah, true. Um, look, the, the one that I won Speed Week was probably my favorite because I won that that those races, you know, in it, yeah. and it was just it was amazing. Um, I did have a really bad crash in it and got pretty badly hurt, you know, fractured, broken scaphoid bone, fractured back and stuff like that. So the car's no longer, um, sadly, because we, we killed it, you know. Um, but that was probably the car because it was just, it was it was alive. It was, it was evil too. Like it was just, but when you're at your top of your game, it was at the time, um, yep. it, was, it was just wonderful. But... There was another car that I drove for these the brothers, these Henry and jo- Johnny Wojlerski in, in out of Collie, and these two they were coal miners, and they they just decided to buy a sprint car and <laughs> and they went racing, and then realised that they really couldn't do it, you yeah. know. They they and um, but they were great guys, and they bought this car and they bought another car, and then had a really strong engine and all that stuff, and I drove that car and. It was it was beautiful. I loved it. Like it was a really really good looking car, and um, that was probably my favourite looking car. Um, but um, yeah, so I, you know, can you have two? I, I think that's probably it. You know. Yep. I'll give you two. Um, he he did ask. He touched on a little bit about taking over um, after Con, of course. Um, big shoes to fill there. Yeah. But you know, you've you've obviously made the you know done what you need to do there. Yeah. Um, did you get a? I mean. Again, we don't like to go controversial and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but was there a moment you sort of just went, hey, you know, that's that's dad? Yeah, this yes. is me. You know, 100%. To, yeah. Look, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, there's there's only one con migro, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, 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 you know, my dad didn't race. I did, 
you yeah. know, and, and I, I remember some people, I used to have a bit of a giggle about this to be a bit of a chat line on one of the radio stations back in the day and, and people could ring in and have a bit of a bitch on, on the radio station and it was, this some guy rang up one day and I laughed, he says, you know, it annoys me, Con Migro puts, puts his son on the front row, he made him set quick time and he won his heat races and then put him on the front row of the feature race and then win the feature. <laughs> and I thought that's pretty cool. Like, Power hey, of con. Yeah, and I said, "How'd you do that, Dad?" And he, he, he said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "This guy on the radio." And I, and I, and I so he didn't, he didn't, you know, whether you know, whether call whether I've got ability or not, but he didn't yeah. give me racing ability, whether I had it or not, whether people perceived that I did or not. It's, it's that's yeah. up to them to decide. But for mine, like I raced um, and with with a lot of passion, so I, I was not con migro. Again, his networking. Um, his ability to open doors with premiers to get that motorplex that yeah. motorplex would not be there if it wasn't for con migro full stop yeah. he, he he had a relationship with with um with many politicians that he used to give a season ticket to um and richard court the then premier um was wonderful in in, in getting us to to have a, a, a to future proof our sport forever based on on my dad's relationship with him yeah and um but also, Dad never ever accepted speedway as a secondary sport. Never ever accepted that. He was he would fight to the death on it. That the, the every Thursday we used to have practice back in the Claremont days, and there was always Channel Ten there, and Channel Seven there, and they were always there. Like Ian Brayshaw, you know, um, um, you know Chris Mainwaring, God bless him, you know, um, you know Ross Duncan, and those guys were there every Thursday. And this week's WWE. Yeah. Whatever it is, um, was was this battle of the the greats? This this gladiator battle was yeah. going to be happening this week, whether it was solo sidecars, whether it was was speed cars, sprint cars, sedans, or whatever. That was there, and and so we we can't do that now. Our competition for that, we we, we moved down to Quinana. The stations weren't going to come there. Yeah. Um, all those things started to change. So we we just had to be better, and turning our venue around and making the racing better, and then. The racers become your salesmen. The fans yep. become your salesmen. We still do, still advertise, and and social media, for better or for worse, um, can be your greatest friend and your worst enemy. But if you put on a good show, um, it's then that takes care of itself. So, um, so I've learnt a lot from him, um, yep. but I've also done things differently, and uh, it's 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 cool because it, it deserves to be only one Conmigro, not you know. It's uh, he, he needs to be that guy. He, he he should be the legend that everyone everyone looks up to. You know, I'm just a bloke who used to race around a dirty brown track on a Saturday night for 20 years. You know, so it's a cool thing. Well, it is like because usually I know mean, to say you know, the guy that went on that rant on the radio station. Usually it is, um, you know, the fathers have raced before, and you know to have the, the different dynamic. God, I don't think we've had chat with anyone where like the see. The, the parents haven't been in motorsport yeah. or they've raced in motorsport. Yeah. It's never been like an administration promotion um, background in motorsport yeah. and then the kid goes racing. So yeah. um, that's that's pretty different. Um, I used to actually run a, um, a, I don't know if you remember, IRC when it was around. Um, well, it was the first chat 
chat thing on the internet and you could you know talk to people all over the yep. world and that and i actually used to run a channel there called hashtag speedway yeah right um and uh, we used to obviously have a few fans from claremont and that come in and one of the radio station hosts and i was racking my brains before this before this interview i've been trying to find you know if i've got some memory locked away i couldn't remember who it was but he used to come in all the time and he used to talk about you know what we were talking about the fans he'd talk about it in his radio slot and we used to have a couple of the drivers actually come in and for the life of me i just can't remember the names of the drivers but yeah. it was all that uh like late 90s yep. era um yeah i think the you know like the priolos and yeah um i i, I always had in my mind that it, you'd come in there at some stage but i don't think that was the case um there was someone else racing with the with an m last name um but it, it was just amazing you know yeah, like yeah. we just had this little community on the internet you know before social media yeah you know, where we all used to get together and you know nerd out on well, there used to be a, a couple of guys i mean the, the i think they were the henning the henning brothers that they, they, they had a thing called team race fan yeah and they started in the, the claremont days and and it was it was really quite amazing because all these people were chatting and all of a sudden we whilst you know, we knew that we weren't, you know, as a, as a racer or, you know, one of, you, one of the top drivers, I mean, legends like Ron Cricky and Alf Gallo and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I got to race with those guys, you know, and you had the people would sort of talk about it, um, you know, and then you you knew if, you know, your fans would come up to you, oh, I love what you do and I don't like him and that sort of stuff. But yeah. but all of a sudden now they had a platform that they could actually tell the world. Yeah. And, and and then all of a sudden, you, you, if you have a look, you know, if you're sort of young and you're sort of half young and have a bit of a look, you think, oh, I'm going to have a look at that. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, people not a bit hating on you and you think, geez, yeah. I don't know if I really want to see this, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, but uh, you know, like I, I've, I've got a couple of really good mates, good mentors that, that sort of taught me that, you know, the, the, sometimes the publicity is... It is what it is. It's their feelings. Yeah. So if you if you don't take it personally, and I think my da- one thing my dad really taught me a lot, and he's taught me lots of things, but he said it's none of my business what other people think of me, yeah. and um, be respectful and 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 treat people the way you like to be treated yourself, and 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 the things will come your way, you know. So then, uh, as they say, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I've always been of the adage of the yeah, yeah. If it were, people say yeah, any publicity is a good publicity, at the end of the day. Yeah, unless you're a right twat. Yeah, yeah, know, exactly. And, and look, there's some, really, some really bad, you know. Yeah. But if it's just a difference of opinion, or you know, like this, uh, I'll, I'll tell the story. I might actually, I'll tell the story on here. So we used to, I used to work at Paddy Hannon's at the casino. Yep. And uh, we it was back when Cougar Town first came on yeah. Channel Seven. And, you know, Paddy's had an older demographic on most nights. Um, and I think on the Thursdays, decided, oh, let's, um, Super Dolls manage. She goes, we should do a, we should do a Cougars night out the back. Oh, yeah, right. So this Cougars night and we fitted it out with like cushions and stuff, you know, to make it look like a Cougars den and all this sort of stuff. And, um, had these Brazilian guys come down and, you know, topless waiters, you know, serving out drinks and stuff. And, you know, it was fantastic. It was, it was just something different, you know, something you'd never see at the casino now. Um, and this one lady complained and threatened to take it to Channel 7. And, and I sat there and, and Sue did the same. We all sat there and went, let her do it. Mm. This is going to be like the cheapest publicity we're ever going to get. Absolutely. And people are just going to go, you oh, know, she's an idiot. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, like we weren't doing anything wrong. No. We weren't, you know, like... It's creating something. If, if, if you want to buy in, come and buy in. If you want to buy in, if you don't, well, don't come. Don't come. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, but, uh, of course, legal got involved and yeah. uh, PR got involved and, you know, they were very, nope, you cannot do this. Yeah, yeah. Got shut down. But, but, uh, but it's interesting yeah. because we have, you know, we have, um, you know, we obviously over the years had some great announcers and, and one of our uh, announcers that's been with us the longest and for every year of the Motorplex, the 22 years so far and then... You know the three or four years um, prior to that at Claremont Speedway is is Carl Langdon. You know, yeah. West Coast ex, West Coast Eagles Premiership player. Um, didn't really know nothing about Speedway, and I how it sort of came about is I, I went and I'm an East Perth supporter, and I went and watched the, the a Waffle Grand Final at Subiaco Oval, and and I had a, a little radio in my ear and listening to the the thing in East Perth and Claremont are playing in this Grand Final, and Carl Langdon's commentating, and I thought, wow, this guy could actually he can actually call like he could yeah. call the action in his voice was he's the guy you know so i went home that night and i said to my dad i said you know that carl langdon he's he's pretty good you know and um he goes oh really i said yeah he was, i was on 6pr anyway the next day i came into work and um as i went in dad always to get there at 7am like he just you know get there early it was his his gig you know and I'd roll in at sort of eight thirty nine o'clock, and, and as I rolled in, he goes, "Gav, young Gav, come in here, come and meet Carl." And I walked in, and Carl Langdon's sitting in the in his <laughs> office, and I laughed, you know. I said, "Yeah." And he goes, um, "So Carl's going to join us this year," and I thought that's so cool. And so the next, I think there was a couple of days later, I think it was a better half a week later. Actually, it wasn't that long after because it was AFL, the Waffle Grand Final was like the last week of September, and then the Raw Show started, and then we'll yep. into Speedway. And then uh, Carl, um, you know, on that handshake. Um, became a, a, a commentator at Claremont Speedway and yeah. then came to the Motorplex and he's still on that handshake with, with me yeah. um, every year. Um, he, he's our guy. And I guess what I'm getting at is that he's a shock jock. Like yeah. he, he, he doesn't mind a bit of controversy and, and my dad would go, because you know, dad always believed that if we, if, we, if we positive all the time and we do that, because the sport, the sport doesn't need any negative publicity, yeah. most we don't want it. It does happen, yeah. but if if a if a chief steward makes a decision or a racer does something, Carl he says what the people that aren't the industry people he says what they're thinking. Yeah, what just happened there? And he will call it out. And yeah. and I and I actually think you know what, that's okay. You know, whilst I'm the boss, you know, I just think it's okay. Yeah. It, he he's saying. I don't think that steward did the right thing. I thought he got that wrong, and and or that driver got that wrong. Now there's a lot of fans there that are purely industry people that are probably going to say that's not true. This is how it works. Yeah. But the people that are first timers, a uh, couple of times yep. a year, have a passing interest, come along and have a look. He's he's asking or he's he's challenging what they're thinking. So yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool because we've got guys that are, and, and other answers. Like young Chris Mitchell, um, Jason Crow, um, Dan Leach from from Triple M, who's come on board, yeah. um, they, they, they're great callers, and they all bring a little bit of something. Yeah. And and I think I think it's uh, it's for us, it's uh, it's a great dynamic. You know, it, uh, we're in the entertainment business, and and we've 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 got all the bases covered. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember the first time um, Carl Langdon called down at Claremont, mm. and I was sitting in the crowd and. Yeah, hear his voice. I'm like, that's the voice of me. And he's like, yeah, Carl Langdon, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, holy shit, why are the hell is Carl Langdon down here? You know, it wasn't yeah. like, why hasn't he doesn't belong here? Yeah. It was like, 
why? Like this, this is so cool for this sport. Like to well, to, to have the crossovers. You know, obviously in the yeah. mid nineties, you know, everyone was just Eagles mad. Yeah. And, well, you, what and the cool thing about Carl it, Carl Langdon come across. When you know? I remember walking, um, I, maybe the first night I wasn't racing when he when he was doing it, and I was walking across the infield, and as I came through Fair House Corner, and as I was walking along, these these super fans would come up and he goes, "What the hell are you guys thinking with Carl Langdon here?" What is he? What's he going to do? And this is the media hadn't started yet, but they yeah. knew he was going to be the guy. And um, and Dad always had a really good ear for you know for, for picking guys, you know. And um, and he, he and these people would give, like all the way up into the grandstand. People, oh, what's this guy? You know, uh, oh, this he's going to be crap. You know, he's he's a blonde head guy. He's a, yeah. you know he's a goose on the ground or whatever he, whatever he is. Yeah. And I tell you, at the end of the night, I walked out of there, and he was like he was, and and all the things that I explained to him about the sport. At practice, Cal's got a photographic memory. Yeah. Like he's he's just amazing. You say something to him, he remembers it. And as I was walking out of the grandstand that night, those people come up and goes, "My God, how good was that, Carl <laughs> And so you know what? It, it, to me, I just went. But earlier on the night, you were telling me that he was crap, you know. Yeah. And they said, "No, no, no. He's uh, he, he, he's, he's 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 bloody good." And yeah. and he's got yeah. You know, people talk to him all the time now. He he walks up and he's got all these people fanboying him and stuff like that and yeah. saying how good it is. G'day, Carl. How you going? And 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 his media um, presence in the in the you know there's method in the madness. He's a six PR guy. He's on sports show every every night. Yep. Um. You know, we get several opportunities a year. Um, to to talk Speedway because he's our guy, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and 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 no different from getting Dan Leach, um, who does the morning show after the Brecky show on Triple M. Um, he he's he does announcing for us and he gives us shouts out and shout yeah. outs and stuff like that. And 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 they're, they're there because they're good at their job. They don't do it just because they're they're in the media, but yeah. it actually helps them. Yeah, you know, they're, they're media trained, so it's good. Yep. So great. Yep. I mean, we always uh, have a little chat about you guys. Sometimes in the podcast, if there's something's going on or, or that, or uh, yeah, it's usually me moaning about me getting media accreditation. But that's uh, all sorted these days. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually the drag strip side. So um, yeah, they don't, they didn't like to return emails. So every podcast for about three months, I opened up. Still haven't got my media accreditation. Still waiting for them to reply to me, and then all of a sudden I got replies. So yeah, well, that's good. Well, it worked there, didn't it? And you know, we talked about motor. Everyone was having a laugh. Like, is he going to talk about motorplex as well? Yeah. But um, you know, always obviously, yeah, talking about you know past guests and what they're up to and for sure all that. So um, last two last questions from uh, from Brent. Um, the obviously excited with the Australian title coming. Yeah. Um, but but um, the what? How do you guys work like with the, with the regional tracks? Obviously, you know, I guess you, you guys are the main track yeah. for Speedway, you know, in WA. Um, do you guys work alongside the other tracks much, or is it is it still very segregated? Oh, look, it's 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 look, it's very tough. It's very tough. I mean, it, it, it there's there's only so many Saturdays in summer that you can run. I mean, I think the beauty of what we've got now. I mean, I think. Sadly, for a lot of the country tracks originally, when Claremont was Friday night, Speedway night, they, they, they could all own Saturday nights. And then after three years of, of significant commercial suicide almost, we were moved to selected dates on a Saturday and not every Saturday night, you know. Yep. And, and I think in, in, for Speedway's sake, at the elite level, it was a, it was a blessing in disguise because it, it, people now have a life 
um, race balance, hobby balance, uh, you know, that, that family balance and all those sorts of things. I think it's really important than just being this addicted to this this great sport that we're in. I think you've got to have that balance. So um, so basically we work closely with Bunbury because we, 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 we are running the elite stuff, you know, the, the sprint cars, late model speed cars, you know, formulas, um, wingless, those sorts of things. And then those classes will then deal with... Um, you know, if they gonna if they want to go to to country tracks, but but what I've found over the last few years that the the elite, the sprint cars, late models and speed cars, they're it's it's so expensive to race, um, and for them to get dates in the country, um, it, it it makes it very difficult, and and obviously the cost to do that. So so that's where the beauty of the the limited sprint cars they do they do a fairly prominent um, country calendar. Um, the late models will do a bit of bit of country racing, um, but the you know your street stocks productions juniors, um, you know they'll run a lot in the in, in those country tracks because they, the, the the town can have a field, yeah. you know. Whereas you know like a town like Narragin, they've got a great little speedway. They're not going to have a, a, a field of sprint cars other than some limited guys that perhaps race there. So so it, it is it is difficult. Um, to, to, to coordinate, but basically, from our venue's point of view, we have uh, we have to share with uh, and, and, sh- and share dates with with drag racing and, and try and work what's going to be the best um, commercially for, for the for the operation. And uh, so, you know, drag racing usually has a national calendar. Speedway has a national calendar, and they're based around your you know your, your World Series. Unfortunately, it's not happening this year, but you know those types of things. So we try to coordinate everything the best we can, and we work very very much hand in hand with Bunbury and. And I go down and help them run their events, and you know, run their you know, as the race director for for their beer shows, and um, and I and I know they appreciate. I appreciate going down there. I really, I I, I enjoy. Sometimes it's good to be a fan, um, but you get you get the opportunity of still being a part of it, and 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 the race teams like the the you know the sprint car teams or the late model teams, they sort of have a bit of a confidence if if we're there. Um, they know, sort of know what they're going to get, so I sort of bring a little team of people as well to, to to help out. But it's also there to help the the country speedways when we when we do those to help them understand how we operate, yeah. um, how we operate, and then um, for them to we can we can teach them, you know, and and give them some learnings on 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 how the sport would uh, how, how how the event should be run, you know. So. Um, so yeah, challenging to try and coordinate everything. When there's, there used to be 42 tracks from Kununurra to Espens. Wow. That, that's how many, but now there's 20, 20 something in, 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 in WA, you know, that, that are, and, and the safety standards are excellent now. Like it's, it's, it's great. You know, they've really got some great stuff going on, you know. Um, but to coordinate all those Saturday nights in summer you just you're just not going to do it. So you know some of the classes will just race at those tracks, and and we'll we'll run our elite stuff, and you know, and and I know every once in a while you see up and spot when I think the Spread Car Ancients Group, you know, Maddington Toyota Series, um, you know, it's the most professional series in the country. Um, it pays the most money to win. Um, this season we just passed was twenty two thousand, but next year's going to be next season's going to be twenty three thousand dollars to win the series. Yeah. Um, the teams want to go places where their you know their transporter is is showcased and yeah. you know and their sponsors can come to and they've got corporate facilities 
no different V8 supercars. You know, the guys yeah. are actually, you know, so it, so it makes it tougher for some of the country speedways. But the beauty of it is, again, you've got your your your, um, your, your limited sprint cars that, that go there and, and, and do a great job. I mean, there's 80, 80 limited sprint cars, I think, in Western Australia. 80. In, in this state, you know, and it's it's great. They're, they're the strongest and biggest class, and and it's good that they can go there because if if, if the if the open competition or Maddington Toyota Series goes to that track, quite often the country the the, the small clubs they can't afford it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 big money. So uh, so it's a bit of a damned if you do and damned if you don't. But um, but they're all very very important. They're yeah. very very important. They're, all those country speedways from you know Esperance, Kalgoorlie, they they work together. It's great. You know, you've got your, your Albany. It's a it's a world class little venue. You know, um, Margaret River, um, Collie Speedway. You know, it's been a, a a standout track. You know, for for the for sedans for for many many eras. You know, um, Pathara's now got a, a fence around it, um, so they can run sprint cars in their Speedway Australia. Geraldton Speedways had a huge huge amount of money. Um, you know, Broome and and Cunanara and and Derby. They're all tracks that are all sort of up and about Newman, I think Newman and yeah, Carrasco just racing recently. So it's um, God, it's Nickel some great Speed, stuff. Nickel Bay Speedway, Nickel I think Bay, it is. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. I mean, they've got great facilities and they got good support from their from their local shires because they're quite often on on local shire shire land, and that's uh, it, it's a, it's a really good thing. It's great great for our uh, great for our sport to have that connection and 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 you know, think about it, most most countries uh, country towns have a a footy club, yep, and and maybe footy for the blokes and um, netball for the for the ladies and maybe of the bigger towns maybe do cricket, but but a lot of them have a speedway, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's actually um, it's 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 pretty cool, but it's it you, you can't just buy a pair of footy boots and no, know, <laughs> the speedway is a little bit more difficult. You, know? you can't just go pick, pick off a, a car off a shelf and yeah, go it's racing the next day. It's not that simple, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Brent's uh, Brent's favourite question is um, back to when you were racing. Did you have any pre-race superstitions? Yeah, I Who did. Um, always wore red jocks, the lucky lucky red jocks. Um, always, um, and I still do now. I always put my left sock on first and left glove on first. Yep. That's what always always have done that. So if I was it left sock, left glove, and then right sock, and then right glove. No, it wasn't no. that. Wasn't that quirky? <laughs> but I'd put my left sock on, and then my right sock on, yep. and then my left boot on, and my right boot on. That was yeah, always. Okay. And then, but when it was racing time, and it was funny because I had some pit crew that you know they get a few boys helping you, but I had some guys that just got it in the end, and they never said a word. They just handed me my left glove. But you know they they could hand me a glove, and it's the right one. I'll just put it down. Yeah. And then I'll put my left one on, and, and I'm and I just always always did that and I just felt like it was maybe maybe it was a superstition I don't know but I just felt like it was it was better that way to 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 have the the left side on first you know yep. don't know why maybe because I was turning left eh so that I'll, I'll probably claim that yep. <laughs> um up at uh, at the motorplex now um and this is one of this is one of my staple questions that we always ask um if you could have anyone racing around that track at the uh, motorplex now now it doesn't necessarily have to be someone from speedway it could be from any discipline yep. of motorsport from any era um who who would you want to see racing out there if you could have one person that you could just pluck back from the dead or yeah you know, um, out of retirement and you know what something? i i i um 
I'm very fond of the past and I think you should honour the past and that's why we created the Legends of Speedway event and all that sort of stuff where you honour the legends of the game but, but I'm, I, I sort of when it comes to racing and stuff like that I, you, I love to look look forward and I, I would love to have um, I, there's two parts of it I suppose I'd, I'd love to say Donny Schotts but he's already raced there you know the yeah. world of 10 times World of Outlaws champion that sort of stuff and, and um, or Knoxville Nationals champion sorry but I'd love to have Kyle Larson yep. you know he's a NASCAR legend uh, you know we're champion um, yep. he's a, amazing he just won a sprint car race uh, two nights ago at Oscar Lusa called the Front Row Challenge um, he won that race, and and I think Kyle Larson would be that guy to to have, and I think he would. There would be a lot of people that would go there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We we, we want to go and see him because you you know the NASCAR is still big, even if you're not following motorsport. Thing, yeah. you, I'm sure on the socials, your Instagrams, your um your Facebooks and stuff like that. I'm sure people will have seen seen that. So I'd love to see him him there um and do that. So. Uh, um, I think it'd be cool, and and I think on the drag racing side, I'd, I'd you know maybe someone like John Force, you know, <laughs> I reckon that'd be cool, you know, like to have have that opportunity to have a, you know, I think drag racing should do that more. I think they should have. We need to. We get like we've got we've got three American sprint car drivers um, coming for Speed Week this year. Yeah. Um, so we've only had two for the last handful of years, and we've just haven't got that third. We've got three confirmed. Um, you know, top top line Eastern State driver coming as well um pretty much confirmed today we've got a an america hoping to have an american speed car driver for for our speed week as well yeah, nice. um through that period and, and also there's a possibility between hopefully one and three american late model guys at the same event i mean to have those three big elite classes to have an international field here uh, for for our speed week is just another reason why people just you know They'll hopefully come flocking to, to our world class venue. You know, yep. maybe we need to put out the invites, Kyle Larson, and say come over for our speed week this year. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's yeah, it's it's funny. A, a friend of mine was uh, in America. He's right now, and and I actually um, he was he was actually he's a, he's a good friend of Tony Stewart as well, and um, he was at his house, and they were taking photos of his house and, he, and Tony's got this amazing museum in his in his house in Indiana in, and it's just like he's got his, his IndyCar championship car he's got his NASCARs there he's got yeah. sprint cars there and all that stuff and I said to my mate I said just ask Tony if he wants to come to Perth this year <laughs> and um, he and he said um, he come back to us he said oh not this year I'll think about it for the year after so there's a bit of a first up for you but I don't you know like you got to have a dream I don't know whether you can afford it but we'll, 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 we'll you got to ask the question and then see the what question. happens yep. so um and then I went back and said well maybe we could get his wife Leah um to to drag race as well yeah and and he said oh we'll, we'll see because they've yep. just created their their top fuel team you know with with Mopar sponsorship and support and uh, um, Tony Stewart racing Nitro yep. and um, and she's one of the top top fuel racers of uh, in in the, in the state so uh, and, and the funny thing a lot of people may or may not know Tony's also got a top fuel license as well yep. so maybe we could get husband yeah maybe we could get both of them to have a run so uh, yeah. and then run how, how cool would that be a run of sprint cars one night and then running fuel cars the next night I mean yep. I think the, the, the motorplex would be the, the place to be on the planet for that period if we could if we could if we could swing that but they're pipe dreams and I'm, I'm sharing with this the, 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 your, your listeners and you know it's the, the 
they're the things that you've got to keep asking. You just yeah, keep asking. You know? So uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's if, you, if you sit there and don't try and push things, then you know. Well, we are promoters. Yeah. We are promoters, and you've got to you've got to keep tweaking it. I mean, just to sit stable and do nothing, and not tweak formats or not tweak your, your uh, you know the way that the races are done or the you know the way you promote your events and 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 or, or bring people over. Um, you know, bring internationals in or national events in. There, um, you, you're not sure you really should be in the game. You know, you need to be, you need to be pursuing these these things. You know, and and that's why you know, even with the Australian Sprint Car title this year, that's the thing that I'm. It's 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 the most important event in Motorplex history. You know, yeah. coming up. You know, and and it's an Australian Championship. We haven't had it in at our track since 2009. Um, you know, our pipe dream is to make it the best Australian championship there's ever been. And, um, you know, and whether we get to that, we'll, 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 the proof will be in the, in the eating. But we've got some amazing things planned. Um, we've got some yeses on some of those things that we've planned to, to, to make happen. So we're extremely excited by these opportunities to make it a big show, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, we want to make a whole week of um, a whole week of festivities. You know, like you know, interactions, all interactions, all, all uh, fan engagements for the whole week with the city of Perth. Come, you know, the city of Quinana. Yep. You know, the, you know the function with the um, you know the Calcutta on the Thursday night. There's going to be a race meeting on the Wednesday night. You know, and and they all they're all high paying to win races, and we know the defending champion um, Marcus Dumden is coming. You know, for, to defend his championship, so he'll no doubt. I spoke to his brother, his older brother, this week, and and they're coming for the prelude race and the title, and and the, and then the Cricky Boys race the weekend after. So um, they're um, obviously excited to, to to come over here and and uh, and, and and do that and get you know sort of four nights of racing all high paying races that will um you know that will will put the spotlight on on Perth Motorplex yep. in West Australia so you know we've got the best stadium in the in the country perhaps the world in in Optus Stadium and and we've got the best speedway and drag racing facility perhaps on the planet here in Perth and and that's something that we should all be proud of and we should all be singing from the highest uh, the highest uh, highest mountains so and of course, Chris Mitchell corrected me on something. I always thought that the Motorplex was designed after Sydney, but Sydney was actually designed Correct. on the Perth Motorplex. Correct. So yep. that's saying something right there. So when when the Motorplex was built, Gary Gary's vision was um, on the drag strip was to it was people history um, Circus Maximus. Yep. If you Google it, have a look and get on Wikipedia and look at some of the pictures, then you'll go, ah, that's where it come from. So that amphitheatre type of venue and um, the drag strip and the way that the drag strip opens as the spectator area opens away from the track. So as the speeds get greater, it, it opens up. The difference with Sydney is that it's a bigger, it's a bigger drag strip. It's actually a bigger facility. Yep. So obviously you can hold more people, but, but credit to the Myosevich family and then Venues West and, and Evolve currently that the venue, it's 22 years old now and it still looks mint, like it still looks very new um, and it's not tired at all and it's and it stood mm. the test of time whereas some of the tracks in the east, uh, they, they look very tired very, very quickly. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's the beauty of, of what we've been able to achieve and I think if you create a good 
spectator experience. So when they get there, that you know the toilets are clean, you know the toilets are refurbished with you know the good air dryers. That you know we have cleaners going through them all the time on race day. And you know we're not saying there's not going to be cracks in those systems but yeah but um (laughs) but but basically we have those things in place because the fan experience is the is the is the thing that that um that pays the bills you know that that puts food on the table so you've got to you've got to make sure that that's right and then you you entertain them with getting a good racetrack so then you entertain the same on the drag strip you know you've got to provide a good product so that people go yep that was pretty cool i want to go back and then hopefully they stay fans yep hopefully that's how it works Speaking of staying a fan, what's your what's your plans for future? Um, I, you know, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I, I think it's um, I think you, you, I think while you stay relevant, you know, like I'm, I'm st- still very. I, I'd like to think I'm young in my thinking. I I, uh, I, I just. There's probably not a there's, no, there's not a day that goes past many minutes, even if on the weekend, that I'm not thinking about what we can do better. My my notes in my phone are just ridiculous. I I bike ride um, when I can, when the weather's good. I'm a fair weathered rider on my push bike, <laughs> um, and I I think and I write notes and stuff like that. So I'd like to think that I'm going to be there for 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 for, for many years to come. Uh, hopefully, um, I, I'm, I'm passionate about. Um, Speedway, and I'm I'm passionate about the Motorplex. I think it's, uh, you know, I say it's the world's best venue, and it is. We've tra- I've travelled to a lot of venues around the world to to see Speedway, and it's there's there's no better. And people can say what they want, but there's there's no better. And that's the beauty of of life, isn't it? We've all got might have a difference of opinion, yeah. but but there there is there is no better facility. Um, venue you know on the planet and we had Gary Selzy um, one of the, the top you know Hall of Fame drag racers come to Perth a handful of years ago and and he said man that's that's the best speedway track best speedway track and he said as a matter of fact that's the best drag strip I've seen so you know when guys like that Donnie Schott's same thing you know the, the one of the greatest sprint car drivers of all time uh, Gary Rush greatest Australian sprint car driver of all time said the motorplex is is the is the Taj Mahal of Speedway? You know, it's it, we should be settled. We should be one in each state. You know, yeah. Um, so, you know, so where I see myself, I, I see myself um, still doing this, and you know, I'd like to think ten years, and then uh, and then you reset, don't you? You know, so I'd like to think that that can be uh, that can be the the case, and ten years I'm still be mobile enough to 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 do it. Maybe we'll just go again for a little, little while after that. You know, so. Uh, but it's a it's a great sport. I mean, you know, get to talk speedway all day, every day. It's uh, and talk motorplex all day, every day. It's it's just wonderful, and you know, it's uh, it's 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 quite humbling to do that. I, like I haven't gone to work a day in my life, you know, because I've yeah. I, I'm, I do something that I love, and uh, you know, phones always on for for race people and race fans or whatever, you know, or or, or races, you know, and it's so cool when 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 they tell me they've got something exciting you know a new engine or a new sponsor or a new something it's you know i'm genuinely uh it's wrapped for them you know yeah. it's cool awesome no i can't uh, do this podcast without asking this question but um as especially with you and this is definitely a, a you and con question um obviously 20 years racing with con you know commentating so you've been had him around for those twenty years, and then twenty years, you know, in the in the office and yep. with him commentating. Then how how has it been without having him there? 
Um, look, it's 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 okay. I, I, from, a, from a personal yeah, level, yeah. Look, that's, I, that's what we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, look, it's 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 tough. I think Dad would. Um, I think um, we're we're really busy, and you should never be busy, should you? You know, all the time. Um, I, I think that he would love to probably catch up a lot more. And we do. We we catch up. I ring him every couple of day or once a week or whatever. We have chat and. It's really funny because my dad he loves this p way and I I do too. But when I'm when I go home, sometimes I just want to switch off, you know. And and he still wants to talk about speedway, yeah. and, and I love that about him. But there's but there's also I think no, I need I I need my time out, you know. Yep. So um, so but for him not being in the office, it's sort of okay because we're very we're sort of we're we're the same same but different, you know. Like he. He talks on the phone a lot. I do too, you know. But he 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 just used to make shit happen, you know. Yeah. Like he would make stuff happen, and and I, I'd like to think that I've learnt that stuff. But it's um, but you know we've got a like I said we've got a young team, and the young team that they, they, they there's some kids that we've got working for us that they're smarter than me in certain areas, and I don't think you should ever be frightened of employing people that are smarter than you. No. Um, in, in their area, because yeah. if you can t- if you can give them some information on on um on you know what you what I know and then they can bring their skill level to to your sport I think will will or to our business then they'll make it better so I I I think it's um really important to um to have people there that are perhaps smarter than you you know like and 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 that's you know I've got these young guys that are work working for us and they they're amazing and and I'm an enabler I I enable them to do their stuff and I think yeah. it's really cool you know and and I encourage them to think of stuff and then every once in a while we've got to rein them in that's that's just yeah. that's that's that is what it is but but they come up with some great stuff as well so and 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 they are genuinely like when I've contracted an american driver or or something like that the first people I contact is them to let them know and they're genuinely excited and and pumped about it. So to have those guys like you know Mikey and Aiden, um, a part of my my team, um, as well as all our really great officials, um, they they all are, are all keys you know keys to the uh, to the to the to the to the movement of the venue. You know. Um, and I'm sure there's a huge list of people that you'd you'd love to thank. But do you have a do you have a select few that you'd love to just give a nice little thanks to? Oh, the, look, obviously, you know, the, you know, I mentioned that Mikey and Aiden, they're great. Yeah. Emma, our ticketing girl, she's just brilliant. You know, Paul, our um, our GM from Paul Trengove, he's come over from Adelaide, and he's our he's our GM. Um, they they do it do a do a great job. Um, you know, probably the people that you really want to thank. I mean, obviously my mum and dad because they 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 brought me into this world. You know, like, <laughs> and um and you know my dad's passion and and you know that's what I always say to my boys. I've got two sons. They're great lads. Um, and I say to them, you know, if if you can find something that you love doing, um, find it and do it, and you'll never go to work a day in your life. And and that's what I've felt the last, you know, I think 20, I've been Speedway Manager for 18 years, but I think it's been 25, 25 odd years, I think I've been in, in admin on Speedway. Um, so it's 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 a long time and, and, you know, get up in the morning and, you know, just go to work and you just think in Speedway, you know, and uh, and, and Motorplex, you know, so it's a, it's, it's a great, great thing to have. But, you know, um, my wife's probably the, the, the best, she's, she's a, 
she's a princess. She she deserves everything that um, you know. I think the stuff that we we like I said got together when I was fifteen. Um, for all those years, we uh, you know she followed me with my racing and then allowed me to do what I'm doing. So she's probably the most important with my with my two boys. You know, Mitch and Mitch and Jake. You know, they're uh, they got their own lives, got their own girlfriends, which is really cool. They're not involved in motorsport, which I think is not bad because yep. they, 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 they they were really good at footy. I I. Uh, Two pairs of footy boots was, uh, if they said it wanted one pair, I'd say, you sure you don't want two because it's a lot cheaper than a race car, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were very, very good at that. And, you know, they're a bit, they're, uh, you know they've moved on from that now, but it's uh, it's cool. They're, they're really good boys, very polite. And um, they, they're well loved amongst our group of friends too. So, uh, and they get to come down every once in a while to Speedway and, Listen to me dribble shit a bit, and um, they don't they don't mind it. They they are good, and they, and they and they get to take the pee out of me as well. So it's good. We're yeah. good mates. Awesome. Well, um, new mo- new uh, calendar is out for the season at Motorplex. Uh, when, when's opening night? Uh, October twenty two is uh, is um, Powerpalooza. Yep. And uh, it's my it's been my my baby that one. We yep. we created that with um, uh, drag racing um, burnouts in between and speedway. It's sort of like a live calendar, and yep. it's just a it's just a great event. Um, people get to taste test a little bit of everything. Ticket will get them anywhere. They can buy their ticket and take them wherever they want to go. And um, this year it's really cool that drag racing have got right into it. It's going to be a, a, a I think a summer slam. A door slammer oh, round yep. um, so that'll be just wonderful and um, naturally this, the Speedway fraternity bought into it straight away and, and um, you know they've, 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 they've been rounds even though they're restricted format but that's the whole idea is that you know that big bash scenario I was talking yeah. about earlier on so so that's when it starts and then um, and then the, the cool thing about it it goes that for both and then it's drag racing the next week um, Speedway the week after drag racing Speedway drag racing uh, up until Christmas and then it gets hectic for us with, with with, with Speed Week, um, but um, yeah, I mean our calendar this year is just is oh, like I'm I'm so excited with it um, from a Speedway perspective, and, and and drag racing calendar looks good as well because there's um, you know top fuels coming again to Perth, and it was a long time in the wilderness not coming to Perth. Yeah, it was and, five or six years, I think. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So and last year's event was just a ripper. Um, and this year's event is is it promises to be that again. I think at the moment it's in it's in November from what I can gather, and so that's uh, that's um, that's really really cool. So I think it's in between the city of Quinana, Western Annapolis, and the and the Scarterfield Smash Repairs um, yeah, okay. King of Wings. So I think it's in between there. So yeah, um, wow. double header gold Golden States will with, with top fuel. So it should be absolutely absolutely amazing. So and those events will just you know that that that's what elevates. Uh, drag racing and elevates the venue as well. So, uh, and we've got a, also got a monster truck show coming up um, in um, in October as well. So that'll be uh, that'll be really cool. Last time I saw a monster truck show, I was very underwhelmed. It can um, be like that. It can be like, but because tra- obviously, like, yeah, you look at monster, monster trucks and what they do. Monster, monster Jam, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The, the show that we're running, the guy that's um, that we've got, Scott Anderson, uh, with monster, monster Trucks Unleashed. He's he's the best monster truck promoter in Australia. He quite often. Um, lets his trucks run with uh, with monster jam they rebody them and stuff yep. like that but he um he's got um he's got eight trucks eight monster trucks coming to perth yeah, okay. um in october and it's uh, it's usually a pretty good show you know like yep. it's not monster jam but it's but it's but it's pretty good 
yeah. so uh, they get a bit of air because yeah yeah the last time I went to see one like they, they did this massive and it, I, I think it was actually, yeah the last time I would have seen was actually I think at Claremont they did this big run up oh yeah no. and then they just hit hit the brakes and just brr, slowly brr, trampled yeah. over them and yeah. Uh, and then the last and the last footage I saw from Perth was uh, I can't remember where it was at, but yeah, it was the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. All this build up and then it went full tilt and then slammed on the brakes and then just yeah, toddled yeah. over the top. The, so. the trucks are a lot better now. They they've got a lot better suspension and they're all you know they they're made to 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 pound be pounded and um you know they I'm sure that they they do break them they do break the trucks that's what happens. Yeah. But look, if you're really a motorsport fan, like if you're if you're a, a speedway fan or a drag racing fan or a road racing fan or whatever you're probably not really into it um but it's more about the kids you know yeah. there's plenty of five-year-olds coming along and they and the the, the 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 enjoyment that they see um exactly. with, with with that is is just is is worth the price of admission itself you know just see the kids yeah. being excited by this this monster truck that they can uh, they can play with their their their, uh, their little monster, mini monster trucks and stuff like that. I mean, usually the mums and dads are the ones that that may or may not complain, and the kids are just yeah. they're, they're euphoric. You'd see the big smiles on their faces. They've just had a great time. They've seen monster trucks with you know fifteen thousand people. It's yeah. it's it's great. So uh, you know. Know the motor and motivation. The uh, monster truck rides are always yeah. pretty full, and yeah, you, know, you see the parents just sort of their eyes rolled, going uh, yeah. But you know the kids have been you know, big grins and correct, and that, yeah. and that's what the parents have to understand. You know, yeah. it's about their it's about their kids about the kids being entertained yeah. you know so uh it's a good it's a good thing it's 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 good for good for the good for the generations it's good for the venue too <clears throat> so you know we we, we we that's what we've got to do we're in the in the promotional business we've got to got to put events on that are uh, uh going to work and hopefully we've got to you know hopefully we've, we're going to have a hopefully we're still working on the final details but we're hoping we'll have a super cross this year too um in january nice. um at, at the motorplex so uh we're working on those things in the background at the moment um, with a promoter, and, and um, you know, hopefully that'll that'll come to fruition because I think it'd be really cool because it hasn't been a supercross in the city for many many years, yeah. and I think the time is right to, to 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 have a crack at it. So hopefully that works. Nice. The uh, calendar's up on motorplex.com.au now. Yep, on uh, and also on the, on Facebook, on Facebook Motorplex face, well. Facebook yep. page. So nice. um, and we're we're actually getting a website. Our website's a little bit. A little bit grindy at the moment. We're getting a new website uh, built, I believe, so it'll, all that stuff will take care of itself. But um, over the next few weeks, a lot of stuff will get upgraded anyway in the lead into the season, and then um, and then hopefully we'll roll out a new website soonish. Um, but it's, as you can appreciate, you know, websites can be can be pretty pretty hectic oh, yeah. To, yeah. To, to to do. So um, yeah, we're working on all that. But um, yeah, but pe- most people, if they you know, get the socials or if they want to call the Motorplex office, they can call the Motorplex office, and we're happy to um, to to email it to them yeah. if they need to uh, get the get the get the calendar. So it's a pretty cool thing. I think like our, our, my behind the sport website i think it's on about its 560th iteration in the last two years yeah yeah there just, you go. So i find something and go don't like that anymore i've got to change it and then yeah. finally i've got to change the whole thing so yeah, yeah sometimes if you've got a website that works and it looks outdated you know what just leave it yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> but um yeah. but thank you very much for joining uh and coming in and having a chat um looking forward to the season down there like what you've said tonight yes yeah, it sounds amazing so 
Um, and yeah, when so, you know, I came back a couple of years ago to check out Speedway down there, and yeah, now definitely want to get down there more. It's just uh, work commitments sometimes get in the way, but um, you know, still still in motorsport commitments. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it should be it should be good. And look, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and hopefully wish you guys well with your, your move to your new new facility. Hopefully, yeah, and, should uh, be good. Should be yeah, uh, should be good. But uh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, happy to come in. Happy to answer questions. Um, if uh, people have got some questions to ask, uh, then by all means, reach out. Shane here from Behind the Sport. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you don't already follow us, head on over to Facebook and Instagram. Find us on there. Give us a follow. Or visit our website, behindthesport.net. Catch up with the latest motorsport news. Find all of our previous episodes. And, of course, you can leave us comments on those as well. You can also find us on your favourite podcast provider, such as Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes and more. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.